完璧などありえないこの世界は不完全だから美しいバカバカバカ何俺は海賊王になるなんてこいつさなど力を渡した時に言ったことを覚えているかいクレ違うそこじゃない Hello and welcome to More Than Hentai, a podcast that is here to show you that anime is far more than just tentacles and cat girls. There's also countless stories of love, loss, laughs, hope, horror, and happiness that it is dying to be found. And I, Brendan White, the Salt and Pepper Senpai, I'm here to help you find them. More Than Hentai is proudly powered by Audio Technica and Dashwater, so go upgrade your audio and hydration games today. And joining me on this journey is a returning guest who was last heard from on episode 11, where we spoke about the greatness that is Blue Lock. <laughs> When he's not watching all of the anime, you can find him talking pop culture on the What Do You Think About This podcast. Find him on the socials at WDYTATPod. Anthony, welcome back to the Riverside Studio, my friend. How might you be doing? I'm doing great, Brendan.、Uh, glad to be back on the show. Glad to be talking about some more、uh, new anime as well. I love the classics, but it was always, it's always nice to come to a new show and go, all right, what's going on? What, what's, the, what's the newest thing that the、uh, world of anime can give us? Yeah, and dude, we can't get any newer than this. Like, <laughs> this is literally hot off the presses this morning. We'll talk about that anime in question very shortly. But yeah, we are tackling something that's been out in the wilderness for a handful of hours. So it's exciting to be going in both well and truly blind. There's only one episode out available to the public. And we'll、uh, be talking through that beat by beat shortly. But I thought,、um, thought we'd have a little bit of a reflection on 2023 first. Like,、mm. obviously, you joined me here on the podcast in May, and now we've shifted gears into 2024. So I wanted to ask you, man, what are your top five anime of 2023? Ooh, that's,、uh, that's a hard one. I mean, one of the, <laughs> one of the tops, tops easily, just because of.、Uh, How incredible like, the animation and everything was, was got to be Jujutsu Kaisen season two. I feel bad because I know that those MAPPA animators are not eating well. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, ah,、oh, but it looks so good. But I feel so bad because animation industry in Japan is not up to snuff in most studios. But, goddammit, if those animators didn't put everything in in every episode and just, ah,、oh, man. I just want more. <laughs> That's the problem. It's so special. Like, yeah, JJK season two is, is my favorite anime of 2023. And it's, it's edged out some pretty tough competition because yeah, even though you, you mentioned that animators at MAPA aren't really eating very well, we certainly ate、mm. well as fans this past 12 months because there's been so many returning anime, also so many great debuting anime that came out last year that are just specials and must watches. So,、mm. uh, yeah, to see JJK sort of. Land at the top of the precipice for a lot of anime fans is a testament to what、uh, what they did at MAPA because yeah, it is gorgeous, it is heartbreaking, it is soul crushing, <laughs> but it is also joyful and comedic at times. I love that they sort of jump between those tones very easily throughout that season. There is some heavy moments where you're just like, man, my, my feelings cannot take any more of a crushing right now, but. Yeah. We must persist. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot.、Um, I actually, a friend of mine, she hadn't seen Jujutsu Kaisen at all. So after the, first se-、uh, after the second season was done, 
we went back and watched like the first three episodes of season one. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is so quaint. This is so yeah. easy going and nothing's gone wrong yet. It's like, oh, everything was so easy back in season one. Season two is just a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's it's insane. And I love that the stakes just keep getting raised in an anime and you just get this sense that no one is safe. Like I haven't read any of the manga, so I don't really know what's to come, but from mm. people that have read it, they've always just said like, strap in, you ain't seen nothing yet. And you go, what? Really? Yeah. I've seen nothing yet. Please help me. Oh no. It's, it's very concerning. Cause um, my wife and I, we watch it together and she, she kept saying, this has got to be near the end of the show. Right. And I looked it up and I'm like, we're not even halfway through where the manga is. So I don't know what the hell is going to happen next in this show. I'm, this might be one of the few times I, read ahead i'm i'm not usually a read aheader anymore i like to just like "Ah, i'll just watch it as it comes out like get my content when i need it i'm like i think i need to read ahead i need to know what's going to happen because (laughs) oh i i feel exactly the same like i'm very impatient in most circumstances but when it comes to content it's especially like i need it now i want it now i have to have it now and I'm like, man, the animation is so great with Jujutsu Kaisen. Mm. Do I just wait to see that all realized on screen or do I read the manga digitally or buy a physical copy? So yeah. I think I'm going to jump ahead too because I need to know what the hell happens from here because, yeah, this season just left my jaw on the floor and it's not ready to come back up no. yet. <laughs> like, oh, it's... And this is, this is a, as, as I often say, Mappa doesn't miss and this is just another sign of, yeah, they they don't. That they 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 push out such consistently high quality content, and guy, I just because I I know that the like the Chainsaw Man movie's coming up soon. I'm like, oh, it's like they're just gonna keep feeding me. I'm it's gonna be full of Mappa content before long. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's worse things you could be full of. That's it's for true, sure. So uh, yeah, the the people at, at Mappa they they do great work. Just maybe look after your staff a little bit better, higher ups. Because, yeah, uh, it doesn't sound like a good time. Any any other. One you want to shout out from 2023 that uh, stood apart from the pack? I'm just trying to think. Um, I think we talked about it quickly before, but Attack on Titans finally over. Uh, even though it mm-hmm. wasn't uh, like a full season of anime, it was just two very long, very intense specials. But man, if that if that wasn't just a spectacular finish to one of my favorite shows of the last decade, I think with this now completely finished, completely done. It might be in my top ten anime of the last decade, even though it's taken two a decades decade to, to technically come out. <laughs> it's technically come out in two separate decades, but in the last ten years of content, it's been oh, it's just been such a crazy time as an Attack on Titan fan. The switching of studios, the way the story even switches up, and just all these different things that go on. Like, yeah, Attack on Titan Season 3, Part 3 and 4, I think they're called. Very strange name. Um, those those were a highlight of my year. Spy X Family, while nothing ever amazing, is always good comfort food anime, I find. Um, I kind of I kind of just sit down, I relax, I enjoy it. I'm like, that was nice and comfy. I'm just going to enjoy myself and just really just like soak in the good vibes of Spy Family. Um mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of anything else. I was looking for a list and oh, I'm not sure how much I've actually kept up to date with this year outside of, <laughs> yeah, like Blue Lock we watched earlier this year, which I quite enjoyed. And I'm trying to think of anything else I've kept up to date with. Um, it's mostly, I think, be going through the backlog as always because there's always stuff in the backlog because you watch it, a good show eternal, one season, right? you miss out on three or four and you go, oh, hold on, got to go back. <laughs> 
it never ends. And yeah, I, I'm really happy with how they finished Attack on Titan up. I think they stuck the landing. The animation studio change was still jarring to me right up until the end, but it was still very pretty. Like Mappa, we talked about earlier, they just know what to do mm. and make things work on screen better than most. So that was great. The, the The story completion really hit in a whole heap of ways and it's definitely must watch. Spy Family for me, it finished really strongly the second season, mm. but the it really felt uneven and, and not the same to begin with. Where I didn't find myself caring for the first maybe five or six episodes. I'm like, this is a bit of a chore where season one, I adored it. I obsessed over it, but it really built up. Once they got to sort of the whole cruise ship arc and all that stuff, I was in then and, and riding along with the family from there because uh, it was it was great up right up until the end. But yeah, I found those first few episodes really difficult, but um. Yeah, plenty to see and do. I was doing a, a recap over the weekend as far as all the new episode or new anime that I watched in 2023 that either debuted in 2023 or returned for a second season last year. And I found out, Anthony, that I've watched 103 different anime, Ooh. not including the backlog stuff. So oh. 103 newer returnings last year alone. That's crazy. That That's Oh gosh, I need to step up my game. I, yeah. thought, I thought I was doing all right. It's like, nah, I've missed out on too much, it seems. Oh. Yeah, I need to maybe slow down a little bit too because I was going through it and, and I went through and I've, I've ranked them from one to 103. And yeah, it was was a time, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, the anime in question that we're going to be tackling today, I felt was a time. We've, we've both gone and watched episode one twice before we've recorded today. And for listeners that are stopping by more than hentai for the first time, the way this podcast works is myself and Anthony here, we are going to be deep diving on the first episode of an anime that either one or neither of us have watched right now at time of recording. So we're going in with fresh eyes, with clear minds and, and clear opinions and thought processes. We're going to unpack the first episode front to back. So it's going to be full spoiler on episode one, but we don't go anywhere beyond that. So we don't ruin overarching storylines massive plot twists and the great thing is we can't because only episode one exists currently at time of recording it's the 7th of january <laughs> at uh 304 p.m here in uh australia right now so yeah this anime has been out for maybe eight to nine hours Something i think like by that, the time yeah. it drops on crunchyroll for us here in the au but yeah the title in focus for this week's podcast is solo leveling also alternatively translated as only i level up which is a South Korean fantasy adventure web novel written by Chugong. It was serialized in Kakao's digital comic and fiction platform, Kakao Page, beginning on July 25th of 2016. A webtoon adaptation debuted in March of 2018 with a second season beginning in August of 2020. With a role-playing game and also a live action drama also in development, solo leveling has a mountain of hype mm. currently behind it. And today, as I mentioned, being January 7th of 2024, the first episode of the solo leveling anime television series produced by A1 Pictures has officially debuted on Crunchyroll. Solo leveling currently holds a score of 8.51 on my anime list based off 12,000 user reviews. And the story of solo leveling is as follows. The gate emerged a decade ago, bridging reality with a magical realm, granting regular people extraordinary powers as hunters to battle monsters. Sun Jing Wu, a 20-year-old hunter labeled the world's weakest, struggles to support his ill mother by hunting low-level low monsters due to his feeble abilities. Jin Wu's life takes a dramatic turn after a mission leaves him seemingly alone and near death. Awakening in a hospital, he encounters a mysterious floating screen, the quest log, 
tasking him with an arduous training regimen. Initially hesitant, Jin Wu realizes this quest might transform him into the one of the world's most mightiest of hunters. So, Anthony, as I mentioned, we've both checked this thing out twice this morning, so it's fresh in our minds. We are pretty keen and clear as far as what solo leveling is potentially doing. It's funny because when I was putting my notes through this morning, it was 8.53 on my anime list, but there's been a couple of uh, lesser than positive or lesser than eight score reviews coming Mm. out uh, since then, and now it's down to 8.51, which is still a pretty damn rock-solid score on my anime list. Oh, yeah. But, uh, man, where do you want to start with this on solo leveling? Because we're talking about the first episode, which is called I'm Used To It. Uh, I guess always good to start with, I think, the positive, which I think, yeah, 8.5 is a pretty fair ranking for this because I think that's where I'd put it as well. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of really good things in this. Um, Animation across the board, very nice, very pretty looking, very consistent. That was what I was worried about. There's a particularly very nice action scene right at the beginning and I thought, well, there goes the budget. (laughs) I was expecting the rest of the episode to be a bit... um, as I call it, PowerPoint presentation, mm-hmm. where it's just all right. We uh, we ran out of budget, but no, the 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 there was only one moment where I noticed. I was like, all right, clearly that was this money saving technique. But the rest of the episode, I didn't really notice a noticeable drop in animation quality. I felt it was very consistent overall, very nice looking, very clean. And I think you mentioned this somewhere on your Twitter. Um, there's a great use of sound effects and music to really amplify the animation as well. It isn't just a pretty picture. It's they use a lot of small things to make everything like pop really nicely and music comes in and swells at the right time. And the voice acting is very good. As far as I can tell, I was like, yeah, these are all very good performance performers and performances I'm hearing. So yeah, just on that, like, base bear line level a lot of really good to see so far yeah i'm, I'm right there with you like uh yeah a1 pictures they do fantastic content they've released mm. some of my favorite anime of the last decade or so some that we've talked about here on the podcast like darling in the franks they've done you know spy family my dress mm. up darling horamiya and countless others that i obsess and adore over so the character models the scenes the combat it is all stunning it is also horrific which i like they didn't Mm. They didn't hesitate on showing blood and violence and dismemberment, which I'm like, cool, I'm in. Anytime there's that jump in this fantasy realm where they don't hold back on a bit of bloodshed and a bit of violence and a bit of shock and awe, I'm like, cool, another checkbox for me as far as what I like to see as a viewer. So that worked well. Like you touched on, Anthony, I like their use of music and just tonal shift with some subtle sounds and, and combining that with some pretty damn solid vocal work that we could see like we, we both watched this on the the subbed version there isn't an english dub currently available uh crunchyroll middle finger to you for the misdirect with the hindi mm. hindi uh <laughs> hindi dub being there and, and not the english but it'll it'll come with time but it was still a great watch the voice work combined with the animation combined with the story which which was very intriguing to me combined with some cool fight and combat scenes and then just in a nice tight package that had a good flow. I really like too that in this first episode, I feel they executed a ton of world building. Like I understood this universe, I understood the stakes, understood where all these people slot into. I didn't leave me with a lot of question marks as far as I don't get what's happening here. So I think it was really well executed in that 20 odd minutes. And um, yeah, they didn't waste any time with a with a couple of minute opening. It was just a cold open. 
where it flashed back to three years ago and we're seeing this random random island in asia we're hearing a lot of gunfire we're seeing hmm. like the the navy out on the ocean and if you're like what have we got some type of sea battle going on we find out that the armed forces can't do diddly squat they're just hmm. there as as bystanders really and they're like you know we can't do anything in these situations we need to leave it to the hunters and i'm like oh okay this is cool i'm digging that they're already sort of showing this sort of power hierarchy in the world where armed forces that usually keep us all safe are just uh, little piddly nothings in this world and the hunters seem to be the the power players. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. I think that was, um, apart from, yeah, the great animation and everything we've already discussed, uh, yeah, you brought, up, you brought up the world building. I think that may have been my favourite part of the episode. I love uh, just the way it sets it up where, as you say, like, we see naval forces, usually a show of power in a lot of other things, are just we just have to stand back. We we like nothing we do will work. And you see, yeah, the hunters, and we even see the the initially the hunters that are sent there, even they aren't perfect. There mm-hmm. you there is um some of these threats just don't you can't deal with them. And that's something that I really liked about this. I liked the idea of it reminded me of kind of like gotcha games where you'd get like an E rank character or a D rank or a C rank. And you're like, Oh, but I need the S rank character because they're the best one. And I liked that it plays on that where this is a literal system where you are, uh, you are assigned it through some sort of system. We kind of see it later in the episode where someone touches like a black orb. And I think it tells them their Their power rankings or something like that. So there's a ranking system. And as far as we can tell, at the moment, um, there is no way to change that. You are just stuck that way. If you are an E rank, sorry, you're an E rank forever. If you're an S rank, congratulations, buddy, you're an S rank forever. There, there's no like, there's no going up, and as far as we can tell, there's no going down unless you die. But I really like how that plays into kind of the there's like a little bit of like celebrity culture played into later where we see an mm-hmm. S rank hero tries to hide her appearance and doesn't want to get like mobbed by people. So she just like flees the scene after she helps someone. We also see there's like recruiting agencies where they're like, Oh, you're a C rank. We'd love you to join our guild. And it's sort of like a celebrity, um, like talent agency almost or recruiting agency. There's also the sort of like uh class disparity as well where middle class people upper class um and lower class and how they're all kind of also fitting into the rankings where we see um once it exits that flash uh the flashback we go to the present day the way that um a gate is treated is almost just like for australian viewers a tradie job yeah where it's like all right show up uh we need you and you and you yeah can we get someone to handle this yeah great like they're, they're literally on a construction site with like uh, rebar and all the scaffolding set up around it to stop the gate there's a little like coffee uh truck giving out coffee to the people going in one of the guys, I I, I kind of loved it because it does kind of perfectly sum it up where one of them's like, oh, I fought you queen. He's like, yeah, my wife had another kid, so I'm back here again. And it's just like, yeah, that's how this world works. You, If you're an adventurer and you do really well on a few quests, you're probably good for life. But yeah, if oh, suddenly new finances come in, oh, I've got to go back out there and get some more money. And we see that especially with uh, the main character, Jin Won Sung, right? That's how you say uh, it? Jin Woo Sung, yeah. Jin Wu Sung, sorry. Jin Wu Sung, where 
he's the lowest of the lowest, as the show says. I think the worst hunter in the world, I think, is the title he's given or something like that. Which which just made my heart, like, bleed for him straight away. Where oh, yeah. I'm like, man, I feel so bad because, yeah, he's he's just seen as the the worst of the worst. And that's known, like, around everywhere. Like, everyone's like, oh, mm. yeah, that's that's just Jin Woo. It's all good. He's He's just the trashest of trash. And you're like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you poor little <laughs> yeah, fella, no, the weakest hunter of all oh. mankind. And you're like, man, who wants that title? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a pretty, and again, with the way the ranking system works, that's a definitive title. It's like, oh, man, you aren't getting, you aren't getting better. Like, that's it. You suck. <laughs> um, and we see that as well where they explain, obviously, as you're higher ranker, you can defeat higher rank monsters. You get more money out of it because you can sell the items they drop. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jin Wu, because he's so low rank, he literally can't get anything that's he only get the low rank the uh, drops stuff, yeah yeah the e-rank drops which aren't gonna pay the bills or if they are they're not worth it for how life-threatening the whole exchange is if it was at least a d or c rank it'd be like okay i almost died but hey i can pay my mum's like hospital bills for like a month like a few months or help my sister get into college which is another one of his goals where it's e-rank it's like this might pay for another weak knife that's going to break the next time you go into an encounter it's i love that the ranking system in the magic is it says a lot about the world and how in the 10 years since it's been established it's changed a lot of things and changed how people perceive the the gates and the people who the hunters who go in and what their place in society is for like the government, these talent agencies, or just the general populace. I just think it's a very interesting world we're dropped into, and we get to see a lot of it throughout the episode. So, yeah, kudos in that department easily. Yeah, I love that. And, and it was drawing, like, when I was watching it, I'm thinking, you know, I'm getting a mixture of, like, Hunter Hunter and My Hero Academia vibes as far as mm. the class-based systems, the status that comes with being S-rank or, you know, in one of the others, a high-ranking hero and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm starting to really enjoy that they're fusing this fantasy world with with modern society and you can see that too in the open where we're first introduced to these assortment of hunters when the navy's like yeah we can't do anything and the first wave of hunters you go oh these guys are badass they're dressed as traditional sort of fantasy type characters there's your mage archetype there's your knight archetype and they're fighting this uh swarm of, of evil red ants and they get overwhelmed really quickly and they're getting ripped up and killed left and right and then some s rank uh hunters rock up and they're looking even cooler and they've got better abilities and you see how effortlessly they can sort of get rid of all these ants and and whatnot so you're starting to see all these power struggles play out in real time and it's evidenced by yeah just the look and feel plus their abilities and and where they fit into society so i'm curious to see how that's going to play as this season rolls out because we got a good amount of sprinkling throughout this first episode to understand the levels that are at play here as far as if you're E, yeah, you're trash, you're, you're bottom feeder, you're, you're in the bin, where if you're an S rank, you're in the penthouse, you're the celebrity, you're this God tier type of status. So I like that that's all established very quickly. So it made me feel familiar with the world, even though I only knew a small like percentage of what was at play here. So I'm like, yeah, this is cool. This is great storytelling. And it picked up great because it set the tone it showed that they weren't afraid to to get violent and get visceral and you're seeing people getting dismembered and ripped apart by ants and there's blood flying everywhere and that was very 
well animated in just not mm. only from a death sense, but also when you're seeing some of these abilities and you see one of these S rank hunters sort of who's like a berserker and he levels up and you can see his body physically gets better, bigger and his muscles start bulging even more and he goes into Hulk mode almost. And it's yeah, it's kind of cool to see the differences between an E and an S. Or that, or he, they weren't even an E. They were like a D level or something. Yeah. Um, that were fighting these ants, and you can see just the gap as far as ability and power and skill level. And you go, man, there's going to be some epic fights in this. I can see coming up. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it set the tone really, really cool. We see these guys fighting in one area of this island, fighting the ants. Then we also then get introduced to one of the guild masters, uh, guild master Choi, who's up on this bridge is another wave of ants are coming from another area on on the island and he wipes out a huge wave of ants with just a big fire blast and we get one of those fantastic cliched glasses readjustments in between which i always go horny for <laughs> uh, and that really just sort of introduces to the world and then it starts to give us a bit of vo- voiceover work where it's saying yeah 10 years ago a, a series of gates opened up linking our world to an alternative world bizarre creatures and magical beasts started coming through and now are immune to conventional weaponry. So that's where you find out that, you know, the Navy and the Army and the Air Force and whatever else, they're useless because bullets and missiles and blades and whatever else are just nothing to these beasts. You're like, okay, that's why they've been sort of snuffed out as far as being a viable safety mechanism for the world. So I'm like, cool, I like this. This is great. Yeah, exactly. It's It, it really, yeah, that's exactly it's just yeah they show so clearly it's just this is the only way you can handle the fret and yeah the power systems and all that uh it's really good that's that's the part i like which unfortunately this is going to get into my one my one kind of nitpick that does stop me from really loving this episode okay and we'll probably get into it more as we get later into the episode's story and structure i thought that because they spent uh, sorry, not spent, but because they used a lot of the episode to set up the world and help me understand the world. Like now I know, well, not know the world, but I get the world. It makes sense. I kind of understand all the rules and how the systems will work with these rankings and this magic. I feel like I didn't have enough time to connect with a lot of the characters, especially our main one. Jin Wu, unfortunately, comes off to me a little, not bland, because I think there is signs of something there that will be will grow and become better but because we just don't have a lot of time with him because we've got to go because almost every time we have a scene with him it has to get cut off by something going on in the outside world where they explain another thing or they show off uh something going on elsewhere in the world that needs to be established so that we can understand what's going on the next time we cut back to jinwu it's that issue of again i understand what's going on it makes perfect sense it's just I feel like I'm not connecting to anyone. There's another girl um, who the healer girl, uh, the rank Johi. B, Johi, thank you, who's hanging around with him. Seems very nice, but she also seems like almost forgettable waifu bait. Just like, all right, you're here just to <laughs> be someone for Jinwoo to connect to early on. You have death flags written all over you. <laughs> and I, I, I like. I'm not kidding. The second she showed up, and she was like, "Gosh, you're always getting yourself into trouble." I'm like, "You're dead. You are dead. <laughs> like, not this episode, but you are dead in like two or three episodes. You are not lasting this whole series. You, you are not going to last, unfortunately, because you are the thing that is going to push the protagonist. 
he's going to see you die, feel bad about it, and then he's going to push himself to become better so that no one else dies again. And that's fine. It's a little cliche, but it's fine. It's perfectly, it works. It's, there's a reason people use that storyline. It works for protagonists. But it's the same with the group of all the other people he sees with him um, when he goes into his gate. I think the only character I can remember his name is Mr. Song because yeah, the they keep leader. saying it. Yeah. <laughs> because they keep saying it. But that's like the thing is like a bunch of them die and they are just fodder to die in the start. Well, not a bunch, only like two or three, I think, die, and that's by the end of the episode. But a few of them die and it's just fodder, unfortunately. So I get I get that it's a real fret because if these guys are D D rank and he's E rank. Oh, he's screwed. Mm. So I am, I'm feeling the tension, but I don't care that like any of these characters died or anything happens to them. Cause I just, I just don't have enough time with them to get to know them. I, I honestly wish this had dropped as a maybe two episode opening. I know that's not a common thing. I think it, for a lot of Japanese shows, but I feel like if we had a 40 minute full story for the first two episodes i might have been able to really get into it and really go oh okay where is this going what's happening as it is i feel like i understand the world great i'm getting a little like nothing from the characters unfortunately yeah i understand where you're coming from there because right now jin woo is just generic dark-haired protagonist number 12 that we've seen <laughs> yeah. a million other times <laughs> it's it's the same character model it feels like they copy paste in 90% of anime of this ilk. So I totally get it. We don't get much backstory. We get some very fleeting explanations about what he's doing it for and why, and we understand where he's coming from with his family and stuff. But outside of that, we don't get much beyond the surface level of Jin Woo. And even, yeah, with Johei, we find out that, yeah, you can see that she clearly cares about him and they've known each other for a while, whether that's just been through going on these on these sort of dungeon quests and things like that or if there were friends outside of this we don't know we don't get anything like that even like just a couple of second flash of them as young kids where they're like oh always in trouble you know seeing him hurt himself when he was a child okay there's a connection there this has been going on for many years but who knows so yeah we don't get a ton of that it's predominantly focused on that world build which which is good and bad and Hmm. just before we get to that very brief title card uh, and we sort of start going into the, the general societal dungeon crawls, which I'm all about. We find out that, um, yeah, once that gate opened up a decade ago, people start awakening with with abilities. So it just happens. They didn't really specify if it happens like when you become an adult in parentheses or if you literally yeah. when you're born, you've got them or you you know you hit maturity or puberty, it happens. It's just sort of saying people are awake, uh, awoken with abilities to fight the monsters and they just call them hunters and you're born or you're awoken with a, a skill level from E through to S and you get what you get and you don't get upset. You can't level that sucker up. You can't train <laughs> and get better. You are just typecast as that uh, hunter class forever until you potentially die or you retire. So I'm like, cool. I like that. I like that we're not focusing on now then that, yeah, he's he's going to be the very best and work his way up from E to S. He's, he's just the the weakest hunter in the world, you know, the weakest hunter of all mankind. You're like, all right, I can root for this guy. I can see he's an underdog and I don't know how he's going to fight his way through all this being so weak. And he's got a blade that's made of paper. It feels like, (laughs) but he's made it this far in life. 
potentially through Johei constantly healing him all the time, which which she alludes to because mm. she's a B rank healer, so she's pretty good. She's good at uh, what she yeah. does. Yeah, it's a cool start. It's a cool start. And then I love you mentioned it too, just the casual nature of these guys rocking up to this dungeon or to enter this gate and it's just shift work. Like they're not <laughs> yeah. all dressed up in armor and chainmail and stuff. They're in like hoodies and t-shirts and jeans and yeah, they're, they're having a coffee at the at the little coffee truck beforehand and talking about life. And I like that there's just this realness to it, this nothingness to it where I'm like, this is cool because it makes it loosely relatable in a way where I could see this happening, you know, in our lives if this was a thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's I, it's like the idea of you just get accustomed to this new way of life. Where, as you say, it's a bit it's a bit unclear. Yeah, how people get their powers. It's like does it does it happen at a certain time? Does it awaken? Did it just awaken like ten years ago? Like, how does that kind of work? It's a little vague, but it's not really important. But it's yeah, the idea of after ten years or however many years you've been doing this, you would become a bit like okay, this is just what I do now. I have to I have to clock in clock out I have to sell all, sell all this stuff uh, go kill a monster and yeah they also bring up which is I think it adds to like the oh aspect of Jin Wu is they say oh if he's on a job it's a breeze like yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't let him just rock up if it was an actual dangerous job because then they'd like be liable for his immediate death it's like you can't send this E rank guy on a C or B rank job because he will just die instantly so they, they literally say it's like that's probably why a lot of them are just so casual about it. it's like oh he's here there's gonna be a cakewalk there's, why do we need armor it's ugh. that's it i'll be home by lunchtime don't us. worry about it wifey like it'll be fine all is yeah, good exactly it's it's yeah i love that very just nah whatever about it yeah so, so it lulls them into this false sense of security and then they all start walking through the gate and then we we sort of shift to another scene where we're introduced to chairman go who is, I guess you could say, the the chairman of the Hunter Association. And he's talking about the demand and the economy that ties into the dungeons, where there's this global demand for the resources that you get out of the dungeons and killing monsters and beasts. And high-level beasts drop what they call an essence stone, which is very, very, very valuable. And you're like, okay, all right. So there's there's this back-end government drive where the money that's, that's uh, generated from the stuff they harvest from killing these creatures keeps the world going, makes these rich get richer, no doubt. There's going to tie into the hierarchical system there where, yeah, the fat cats at the top that run these these agencies and these uh, guilds have probably got very, very well-lined pockets. But uh, <laughs> I like that we're sort of seeing that just ease, ease its way into normal societies where I'm like, yeah, well, if anyone can make a dollar out of something, they're going to do it, right? Absolutely, yeah. And it's, it's as you say, it, it, it reinforces that thing of, yeah, the rich get richer because – Obviously, your Joe Schmo D rank guy or even C rank guy probably can't clear a whole boss by himself that drops those very valuable essence stones. Whereas uh, that's kind of the probably a job for the S and A ranks. So it's that it, it again, it's that system that only the people who are already so good and so great are going to progress and earn more out of this. Mm. Whereas the guys we kind of see doing the D uh, the D rank dungeon job that we follow for most of the episode, yeah, they're probably not going to be making a lot, but they're just making enough to get by and be happy. And they don't know any not that they don't know any better, but they don't they can't aspire to more. They 
are literally ranked at a certain point and it's like well you you can't do better i'm sorry yeah it, it's <laughs> minimum is, wage that, that, that e and, and d rank it feels like they're on the minimum wage they're just earning enough to get by and mm. maybe buy themselves something nice once in a while so yeah it flashes then from chairman go back to the dungeon and we see that Jin Wu, he's holding an essence stone, but it's only an E rank one, so it's worth two tenths of nothing. And we've yeah. got this small <laughs> goblin chasing him. Jin Wu tries to, I guess, show a little bit of heroism here, and he pulls out his trusty dagger, charges in, attempts to stab the goblin in the guts with the dagger. The blade breaks into a million pieces, and he instead gets a pretty nasty sort of stab right through the guts. So you're like, man, mm. like, is this the end of our hero yeah. halfway through the episode? <laughs> what is happening? But I like that it really conveys just how weak Jin Wu is compared to everyone else because as he takes the stab, falls to the ground, one of the other hunters one-shots this goblin with his big axe and you're seeing all the other hunters just out, out of shot fighting all these other beasties and people are throwing fireballs and swing blades and, like, there's chaos everywhere, but they're kicking ass where Jin Wu has just taken a, a gut shot from a little goblin. So you can see that, yeah, he really is the weakest hunter in all of mankind. So it's constantly re-emphasizing just how bottom of the barrel poor Jin Wu is. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think that, yeah, nothing really exemplifies it more than just, yeah, seeing him, he kills, he successfully kills one goblin after what seems like it was a bit of a struggle. You can see his clothes are ripped. I think he's already got a scratch mark on him already. And then, yeah, he just gets... Uh, his blade does nothing. He has to get saved by another guy, and the uh, the B rank healer has to help him. Like she has to, because if if she doesn't, he will die. Because he's yeah yeah just that low rank, unfortunately. And it really does. Yeah, it. I think it's a perfect way to show it's not for lack of trying. It's just he literally cannot do any better. It, it he cannot he cannot buy better equipment because he does he can't. He can't kill high-level monsters, so he can't buy better equipment, so he can't kill high-level monsters. It's that loop of he will never even get a little bit better because he he literally has no opportunity to like increase his status in any way. He he can't increase it literally in the E rank system, and he can't even buy better gear because of how low he is. So he's just stuck basically hunting for scraps at this point. And I really like that. He's he's a mouse on a wheel and you feel for him because, yeah, he's just stuck in this eternal cycle doing whatever he can to survive to then fund his mother's treatment, his his sister's impending arrival to college. His dad disappeared a handful of years ago. It was just sort of a throwaway line that we don't really know what, where or how and mm. maybe that plays into the story later. Who knows? But he's doing it all for the family. He's He stepped up to become the head of the household and do everything he can. So he's in here hustling and grinding and, and breaking daggers left, right, and center to make probably $12 for the day. So you feel yeah. for little Jin Wu. <laughs> yeah, Joe Hay starts healing him. The party's fighting on, shifts back to Chairman Go again, and he's further expanding on these essence stones. And he references mana crystals, which is, I guess, the tear down from an essence stone. And mm. that the world and government and various power players want to use these things as power sources because it's going to be good for the environment, be more efficient. It's going to be the ideal clean energy source. So I like that Chairman Go seems to give a shit about global warming and stuff here. I'm like, you know, that's a positive <laughs> message. It's not just some dirty fossil fuel to line pockets further. They want to use these essence stones and mana crystals, the higher the rank, the better, obviously, to make the world a better place. I'm like, you know what? That's cool. There's some positive, uh, positive reinforcement here from you, Chairman Go. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's I forget exactly how they explain it, but it's something where it's like it's safer than nuclear. It's more efficient than the Earth-related ones like aero, hydro, and geo uh, thermal fuels. And then obviously, it's not burning anything like fossil fuels, like you said. It's it's a perfect energy source. It's just that it requires hunting the the crete the magic beasts or the monsters and that's another thing that plays into again that societal thing of well of it's like oh so to like we don't we have no idea how expensive or oh, it is to like uh make electricity out of the mana crystals is it one of those things where a single crystal can work for like years mm. like a whole city or is it a thing where you're going to need to replenish that every day so you're going to have to have hunters working over the clock to try and get this stuff and i i'm sure that's something the show will get into because it seems like such an interesting idea where it'll further explain the idea of it's these like uh middle rank guys not the high rank guys who are doing the the menial task of gathering just mana crystals like going to is doing as many jobs a day as you can just to get all those mana crystals to keep the city running. I think there's like, there is a lot that could be done there. And I'm really interested to see where the show goes. And it's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some big questions there that I feel will be played out over the, the following episodes. I think this first season is going to be a 12 episode run from what I can mm. gather. So there, there's a lot of world building and storytelling to come, which I'm excited about. And then, yeah, we shift back to the dungeon again. We find out that the raid party has killed the dungeon boss, or at least they assume it's the dungeon boss, which is a werewolf. Uh, they're all celebrating and they're happy, you know, chest pumping and all that kind of stuff as you do. But Johei is still upset and still very worried about Jin Wu, who's just constantly getting hurt. She's still healing his wounds. <laughs> and like you said, Anthony, he's got lacerations from, from asshole to elbow from, from <laughs> these goblins. And, and she's working a magic. And you can see she, like that B rank, you can see the ability that she has in her healing because there's some pretty deep mortal wounds there and she's using those abilities and close it up like nothing. Yeah, it's well, it's interesting because we also saw what an S-rank healer can do earlier in the episode and we can already see just a little bit of the differences between ranks there where the S-rank um, hunter we saw earlier in the episode, he healed a large group of um, people that were getting attacked by the ants, the like D, maybe C rank fighters we saw earlier get destroyed by the ants. He just seems to like pull out his book, throw out a thing, and it seems to just miraculously heal these definitely mortal wounds on like a group of people, whereas she seems to have to focus all of her like attention just on the on like one target to heal their mortal wounds. So we, we already get an idea of like, oh, there is a big difference between the ranks here where uh, S is only two ranks higher than B and already it seems like, oh, there's a, there is a significant difference between what each rank can do. So again, it just kind of keeps selling up like these uh, S ranks are insanely powerful like beings in this world. And just that, again, just oh, I'm so interested to see where all this goes because there's a lot of ideas that set up where I'm like, all right, what is that? Like, how does that work? Ah. <laughs> the, the gamer in me was smiling pretty big there where we're seeing, yeah, so Juhei is just potentially restricted to single target healing where you mentioned the, the S rank. It's just this AOE where it's just boom and, and everyone in the vicinity of the spell or the ability is healed and feeling good again. So yeah, you can see just the gaps in ability and the gaps in potential performance in a potential life or death situation is going to play very big parts in the future. 
And then poor old, um, yeah, Jinwoo with his E-rank that can't really do anything. You don't see him use any mm. abilities. All you just see him do is flail this this busted ass dagger <laughs> around and that's about it. But yeah. he's got some fight. He's got some heart. And he's got some can-do attitude. And I respect the hell out of that. So, um, yeah, as, as she's getting healed up, one of the other party members uh, stumbles across a secondary cave entrance. And they're like, what? Like, double dungeons? That's a rumor. Like, I've heard that out there in the streets, but no one's ever seen it. Like, mm. what do we do? Uh, we get the raid leader, Mr. Song. He goes, oh, when and this happens, as per the, the hunter manual or whatever, we need to reach out to the hunter association for guidance. We're just going to wait here. But then tying back then into the societal tears where they're like bro like we've, we've earned shit all money here the the crystals that we've earned isn't enough it's not justifying the day's work here why don't we go in there to see what's happening you know spend the rules a little mr song mm. and so then he goes well we're gonna we're gonna take it to a vote we'll see what the majority says here and then we'll decide accordingly from there the vote ends in a tie of six by six with jinwoo's vote to sway it and that's where he goes into a really quick monologue where yeah, his mom's terminally ill, his dad's gone missing and his sister needs to go to college. So he's like, you know what? I'm rolling this dice. I need that cash. Go look after my family. I'm the swing vote. We're going in. And Juho before that, she's like, no, she doesn't want to be in there. I, I don't feel good about this. We shouldn't do it. Mm. But he's the swing vote to send them down into the depths of the unknown. Mm. Yeah, it's, again, yeah, I love that we, again, this episode, I love the way it presents these societal pressures on them where mr song is probably you know he's the head of the guild or the head of the group so he's trying to just do things like uh i mean the manual and all the rules we really shouldn't be messing around with this guy's like clearly trying to be like yeah i get it guys like we want to keep going but like i don't know and then you know majority rules there says hey but some of us have got mouths to feed and like we come back to that guy who's like yeah my wife got pregnant well my wife got pregnant like they're having another kid <laughs> um and he's like look man i got an extra mouth to feed i kind of need that extra dosh and so that's what leads them to go yeah let's give the vote and uh, yeah jingwu swings the vote and that's where we learn more about it i think there's also a throwaway line which might explain why they're more like oh we need to go in there and get it now there's something offhand said about the gates close within a certain amount of time oh no, so I there must that. be nice. like okay yeah i uh, I feel like maybe I maybe I read it wrong. I, I just noticed it where it was like they said, gosh, we've been walking through this tunnel for 40 minutes. And like, yeah, but these things last an hour. So we've got 20 more minutes to clear this room. So there's also potentially just a limit to it's, it's you know, again, the clocking in, clocking out thing of, all right, guys, got to get this job done in an hour. Let's go. Come on. We don't have time to waste. Which actually, and that may as well be why they wanted to, you know, keep going. They finished the main dungeon so quickly they're like oh we 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 came out all, we came all the way out here for this like this isn't enough we need to earn our keep they did allude to though too that usually when you beat that boss the dungeon for all intents and purposes closes down and i don't know if that means they get spat out of the gate just back to yeah. the entry point but it's it's a little vague like, hmm, yeah. what does that mean what is what happens here usually then yeah because that's what i wondered it was like I do. It made me think about a few things where it's like, so what happens if you die? D- does your corpse just get spat out? Like with everyone else, it's like, all right, guy, we're all here, and oh crap, John's dead. Ah, they're like, yeah. all right, come on, drag him, drag him away. It's like I, it, it's it's interesting because we don't see it, unfortunately, but it is a very interesting idea of 
it's like a they call it a raid and it's it's literally like a raid in a video game where it's all right guys the raid opens at three closes at five we've got to get in there in two hours and beat it come on guys let's go and if you don't beat it in that two hours well you get kicked out sorry too bad so sad i like the the weaving in of those video game concepts throughout this episode where it's like people that are familiar with those those concepts that play these rpgs will feel right at home with what's going on and, and feel familiar even if they aren't always explaining everything on screen yeah yeah i think they i think that's that's what i i really liked again i like i like the ranking system i like the way it kind of deals with that and yeah they it's a lot of video game terminology i would be shocked if the author doesn't play a lot of these kind of video games like mmos or other online games where it's a lot of ranking systems and raids and items that you need to you know you kill a monster to get an item to sell to a guy to get an armor to so you can kill that monster better to get more items to sell armor like there, there's a lot of like it reminded me a little bit of like monster hunter where you know you, you kill a monster get the gem you make you put that in your armor so you get better armor so you can kill that monster better it's it's it reminded me a lot of those kind of games and i think that that it's very interesting to see that apply to like a real world scenario where again you treat it like a nine to five or a shift work where it's just like yeah i gotta do it and i really like that i think that again there's so much here to be explored and i i again i'm annoyed that it was only one episode because i'm just like i but where's the rest i want the rest ah they gave us a lot to chew on this episode but there's still so much more meat on that bone Mm. as far as the the world building to come which yeah excites me a lot and yeah, so, so they're wandering through the dungeon, but before we get too much further into it, it then jumps to what you mentioned earlier in the episode, Anthony, where they jump to this, some form of like testing facility or I guess where the, where the people are in parentheses awoken with their abilities <laughs> from there. And yeah, they're, we're all new hunters. They're gauged and given their, their AR alphabet-based levels. And yeah, you can see them sort of touching this black orb to then generate a number for power that would would then equate to E through S ranking. We don't really get any any introductions to characters. We do hear some people within the building talking about, you know what, just if they've got that ranking, make them an offer. So you can see there's like talent scouts out there just trying to find these new up and coming hunters and sign them to their guilds and and get them to be the next face of whatever the business or the brand is. So I kind of like that we're seeing that modern merging of society with that fantasy element again. We do get a bit of focus on two particular hunters. They don't. We don't get names. We don't get explanations. We don't get level ranks, but there's this girl in a hoodie and then there's this other sort of uh, redheaded boy that get a bit of airtime throughout these scenes in this facility. So I'm like, I feel they're going to play a part at some stage later on. How? Yeah. Who knows? But we also then get a mention and we get the full name basis of one of these s rank celebrity tier hunters hey in cha is her name and then we were introduced to her pretty well straight away in this next scene where she she stops a, a robbery where these two men on a scooter steal this woman's purse and they're flying down this street chain does this pretty baller move where she does this big jump over them grabs the the handbag pretty pretty effortlessly in this one motion lands knocks knocks the would-be thieves down hands the handbag back to the woman and then everyone around them is like, oh, my God, that's Hay and Charge. That's the S rank. And like you alluded to right near the start of the episode, you see this celebrity craze and this mob start to appear where they want to get photos and, and autographs. And she's like, no, nope, see ya. She bounces out because she doesn't want that life clearly. And it's like, okay, cool. I can see where this um, 
modern celebrity obsession that we see in our lives transition into this anime really, really effortlessly in this scene. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 it was one of the scenes that while it wasn't really part of the main story, I think was very important to establish kind of again how the world works where you could see it's like she was not going out there with an intent to help this woman with her like uh handbag problem she's just walking down the street and she happens to help her but because she's revealed who she is and like her her cap falls off and everyone sees her it's like okay i'm back to being a celebrity i can't enjoy like a walk in this in the streets i have to go back to celebrity mode and then she just yeah she ducks out but yeah, going a little bit back, yeah, those two characters, we see them, I think, three or four times throughout the episode. They just kind of either appear in the background or in these scenes, they get a bit more upfront with um, their designs. And we see them, it's like, they're they're overly designed, or not overly designed, but they're more designed than the generic background characters. So we know they're probably going to be someone we meet later on. Maybe they're someone who helps Jinwoo on his journey or they're rivals to Jinwoo because they see someone who's gone from E rank to, you know, growing up the ranks and they're like, oh no, this guy's going up the ranks. We should try and do something. I don't know. But I like that, yeah, there's small hints to, yeah, this world and like, okay, yeah, the talent agencies and how they pick people. And I love the the line. I forget, I forget exactly what it was, but it was something along the lines of, age sex and all that doesn't matter as long as i got a good ranking and it made me think it's like yeah like hypothetically if a 50 year old shows up with an a rank you're not going to push them away because they're 50 you're going to go oh shit that's a 50 year old a rank we need to get them now like before someone else scouts them and i'm, I'm i like that idea of yeah age sex all that it's irrelevant because of the score at the end of the day is the thing that's going to determine whether they're like worth your time or investment as a talent scout or a recruitment agency. And it's like, okay, that, yeah, that adds a little bit more social commentary as well with, you know, you know, how people are perceived by the public, what their values are and all that. And the, I don't know, again, just, I love world building. Just, ah, every time I think about it, I'm just like, this is such good world building. It really sets up what's going on so well. It's one of the strongest first episodes that I can think that I've watched in, in a good long while. It executes everything to such a high degree throughout this 20 odd minutes. And the world building is, yeah, certainly the cherry on top because it just eases you through and it holds your hand very gently through all this stuff where it's just giving you little breadcrumbs here, a little sprinkling there as far as talking about the Hunter Association, the rankings, society as a whole. And I like that it is very much an inverse of what society is for us here in you know in the real world where it's it's all about gender it's all about sex it's all about that visual appeal where in this it's the complete opposite it's like no your your hunter rank is everything we don't care if you mm. look like a foot if you're an a or an s <laughs> rank you are good to go and you're, you're welcome to do the best you can for us as opposed to not that guy's the hottest or she's the sexiest or, you know, that's that's yeah. the demo we're looking for. It, it doesn't matter. It's all about that ranking, which, you know, I'm like, that's cool. That's 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 some positive social influence there in, in comparison to what happens here in the real world. Yeah, yeah. It, it reminded me sort of of um, One Punch Man where that kind of obviously does the inverse where Saitama is the strongest person on the planet, but he's so low ranking because – no one cares who he is. He isn't like a very flashy, exciting hero because, you know, he beats people in one punch. It's not very exciting. Um, it, and it actually, yeah, 
I'm not going to spend too much time on One Punch Man. I do love that show. But I liked how it was an, kind of an inverse of that of, oh, no, no, it's it, your strength is 100% what matters. If you aren't like, yeah, the S or A ranks, like not that you're not worth our time, but like you are not the pinnacle. We need you to be the strongest because you're going to be the one who gets us like, you know, you can handle the strongest monsters, but you can also gather the best materials from those strong monsters, which we need for, you know, energy as we find out. It's like, yeah, it's, the ranking system plays such a crucial part in how the society has been built now that without it, it doesn't work. You need these systems. And uh, yeah, again, so interested to see where this goes. One thing I enjoyed too, directly off the back of what we've just been saying, I like that we only met a very small handful of female characters in this episode, but no one was hypersexualized. There was no unnecessary like no. busts hanging out and whatever else because a lot of these anime, they love to lean into those tropes and, and have those awkward moments and have the siren as the lead and all that. But everyone mm. here is is subdued. Like Juhei, the healer, she's just in normal clothing, you know, and like if she wasn't, that's still fine as well. But like they didn't lean into any of that where they're like, here's the siren love interest here's the sexy dumb trope archetype that we need to put in there like everyone we're meeting seems to be fleshed out and real and i'm like you know what this is cool like this is really well done yeah yeah because even in some of my favorite shows they lean into that sometimes way too hard i'm just like okay okay i've got i've got to get through this gotta get through this there's a good show at the end of this but i'm glad yeah there wasn't um at least in the first episode there wasn't any Honestly, if this was maybe any other, sh- not any other show, but there are a lot of shows where, like, while he's getting healed, she was might have looked up her skirt or might have accidentally rubbed against her leg or some other shit. Where it's like, okay, great, all right, awesome, <laughs> can we move on, please? Ah, uh, I'm just glad it was like, no, he's, you know, she's she is a friend, and they are helping each other, and there's no need to add unnecessary sexual moments that don't make sense for either character or don't really add anything to the story. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that like a show can just like present characters and not have to add like a weird moment where someone lands on the other's private parts or lands on their chest. It's like, great. Thank you. Can we, <laughs> the less of that, I think in anime, the better. I just, oh, it always, it always takes me out and goes, right. This is, um, Certain people watch these shows, right? I forget that there's an audience that needs to be catered to. Got it. <laughs> yeah, the, the lack of fan service and sort of Ichi vibe going on in this anime, at least in the mm. first episode, we don't know what's going to happen in the next 11. We yeah, could who be knows? <laughs> eating crow on episode two. Who knows? But right now, yeah. <laughs> it feels like that's very far from what uh, Chugong wanted to do here with solo leveling. So I'm all about that. And yeah, so we get a few scenes intercut jumping back between the dungeon and this test facility find out that there is a bit of a potential love interest vibe going on here where Joe Hay, she's very pissed at Jin Wu, who's yeah, constantly hurting himself, constantly getting into trouble. And she's goes in a roundabout kind of way, asking him to ask her on a date where she's like, take me out for a meal sometime because I'm constantly <laughs> saving you and healing you. It's, it's the least you can do. So I'm like, all right, like, I'm, I'm a sucker for romance in anything. So the way they weaved it in, it didn't feel too forced here. They didn't, hammer at home. They didn't go into any awkward moments, like you said, where there's a, a weird skin-to-skin touch or he sees down her shirt unexpectedly yeah. while he's, she's healing. Like It was all very wholesome and organic, which I'm like, this is cool. This is great. But then they contrast this really quickly 
with the party arriving at this giant, very ominous door in the dungeon. Mm. But then we jump back to Chairman Go and we're getting some more wordage because the the would-be hunters are watching their induction videos and all that kind of stuff. And there's a line in there where he's like, to the newly awakened, heed this advice, please be afraid. And you're like, yeah, okay, that line hits harder than most throughout this entire episode because I'm like, you know what? They're not going, you know, hunter life is glamorous and it's a life of luxury and you're going to be famous and earn all this money. The fact that they've grounded it in this high stakes line of just please be afraid from the chairman right down to the the floor cleaner that works in the hunter association. Like there's a real chance of, of damage and death happening to you any given day. And I'm like, cool, okay. The tone is set, the stakes are set. I mean, that, that line there really, really got me. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, when, when my wife and I were watching it, we both went like, oh, okay, yeah. Because this kind of goes a little bit, uh, we've been discussing it all episode, but it's that, not complacency, but when society gets, it got adjusted to the idea of like, ah, oh, you know, you go in a dungeon, you kill things. It's like, no, you're fighting monsters. There's a very real chance of death here. Don't get complacent. Don't get adjusted to it where, you, where you're just like ah whatever it's i like that yeah there was um it gave me like you know the alien be afraid be very afraid vibes of just like ooh, like yeah no you you really want to emphasize this isn't starship troopers i'm doing my part it's <laughs> no 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 you, you could die you in fact you might die <laughs> it's like there's a very real chance that you could die out there do not like take these monsters for granted do not just see it as a way to earn money a way to push up your social status or whatever like this you are fighting for your life and you never want to get too used to it you never want to just go i can handle this and that's kind of what we see where this group of d rank um hunters have said oh yeah we can handle an extra dungeon let's go and see what it is without any proper precaution or preparation uh which may have helped them from what is probably coming more next (laughs) yeah there's so much foreshadowing in these these scenes just sort of going back to back with uh walking to that big giant door and just the way that shot's framed where all the hunters are like because it's such a wide shot they're seen as tiny so the sense of scale that they're just tiny little ants in this situation Mm. i like that it sort of throws back to the start with with the hunters killing the ants right at the rip so there's this cool contrast there with that please be afraid you know heed the heed the chairman's advice and then it yeah jumps back to the dungeon they go in through this giant ass door and you can see there's some discussion between the hunters and they're like i've never seen a dungeon like this before where the hell are we and it's this massive Mm. big giant room there's giant statues all around very very imposing very uh highly detailed and very cool like it's such a cool scene and such a cool part of this dungeon and then we get mr song the raid leader uh he sort of noticed something on the ground he's like what's going on here like there's a magic circle and ancient text like where the christ have we stumbled into Mm. and he starts reading this ancient text as uh juhei and jin Wu are sort of talking and there's some panic starting to set in with juhei but the there's some cool wording here from the raid leader where he's like the commandments of the Kartanon temple first revere God, second praise God, third, prove your faith in God. Those who do not follow these laws will not leave here alive. And you're like, 
Oh, mm. goodness gracious. And we're starting to hear a lot of ominous sounds scale up. The tension's building here. The door slams shut as, yeah, Juhei's telling Jinwoo, the one most imposing statue of them all, this big giant-ass statue. She's like, I saw the giant statue's eyes move. And you're like, oh, mm. what, what's happening here? All is not right in this world. Danger, <laughs> Will Robinson, danger. Yeah, it's not It's not looking good. It's oh, It was a very tense scene. I think it really did sell going, especially after, you know, the be afraid line. It's like, yeah, it really does sell just like, oh, this is unknown territory for a lot of them. And it's such a sharp contrast to just the kind of barren tunnel we saw earlier where it's like this is a ornate, very clearly built like temple maybe. We're not sure yet, but there's big statues with some of them humanoid, some of them just not really identifiable. And yeah, the commandments as he's reading them, you realize like, oh, yeah, they're in very real danger right now. This this could go very poorly for a lot of them. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a great, great scene. And it just builds up and builds up. And then it crescendos with the door slamming shut. And then one of the hunters, who's just in a, in a casual like Adidas tracksuit, which I cackled <laughs> about, he's like, you know what? Yeah. To hell with this. This is too hectic for me. I'm going <laughs> home and watching the footy sort of thing. And he yeah. starts walking towards the doors <laughs> to try and push his way out. But one of those statues then comes to life and it's this really cool foreboding knight statue it almost looked like one of the ring rates from lord of the rings with the headpiece it was some really cool vibes mm. there and in this one one movement swings this giant ass axe and cuts this dude in half and it's it's a mess like it's a messy very clean cut but like pretty much from hip all the way up across the neck sort of cutting him semi-vertically and blood splatters everywhere. It's a gorgeously animated scene, but it's also mm. really horrific. And I'm like, "Oh, baby, we're building up here. Yeah. Let's go." <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, it, I love it. Like, it's not. It's just, yeah. You you can kind of see it coming because you know, like, okay, it's like, all right, he's walking away. Something's happening, and yeah, just suddenly it's like, all right, kills him. And what I like is it doesn't it doesn't attack the rest of them because they haven't done anything wrong yet. It just kind of returns to its standing position with the ax, but obviously everyone's shitting themselves going, Oh, we can't. Oh, okay. He tried to leave. He's dead now. Okay. Um, <laughs> this isn't good. And I think it's Jim Wu drops the line of, was that guy? He was a D rank. Leave well, away. He's higher ranked than me. And he just got one shot. Oh no. <laughs> like, Oh no. <laughs> I am out of my depth now, officially. I am mm, too far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Send help. We should have listened to Mr. Song and just waited for the Hunters Association to roll in, but mm-hmm. too little too late right now. And, and yeah, you can see the panic starting to set in across the whole party. They're all just melting down. They're freaking out. You can see the despair on Jinwoo's face. Like there's a couple of really tight shots of just his face or just his eyes. And you can see that, that yeah, he's falling apart here. He's not really sure what's going on. And then he's having a bit of a reflection on his life and, and his uh, role as, as a hunter. And, he's, and there's a line where he's like, I've stood on the precipice of death many times. I'm always struggling. And you can see that he's just constantly scratching and clawing his way through life to survive hmm. and just get those, those tiny crumbs or those scraps to, to sort of support his family however he can. And yeah, he's realizing that all hope is lost in this moment because yeah, he's an E-rank. This D-rank just got one shot like he was a fly, like it was nothing. In this moment, I'm assuming this ties into the commandments of the temple 
where I guess that hunter, when he tried to leave, he proved that he had no faith in this God in this room. So they're like, you know mm. what? We're going to smite you then, little man. Whack. And so I'm like, okay, that ties directly into what Mr. Song said with the commandments. But then we can see pretty quickly that, uh, yeah, Jin Wu and the the statue that um, Johei mentioned could see the eyes move earlier. They have this moment where they sort of have a very quick eye lock, but you can see what's happening with this statue starting to build up to some type of crazy ass ability. Jin Wu, through his need to, I guess, clatch and scratch and claw through life, maybe has a bit of a, a tactical mind where he's constantly just trying to think outside the box to survive, realizes what's going on, yells out to everybody, you know, get down because this statue just God rays through, through yeah. this area, like burns through the ground disintegrates a couple of these hunters like they were nothing, just turns them into dust and bone, which further creates more chaos and anarchy in the party. They're all melting down. They're freaking out even more. There's tears. And, um, yeah, we then realize uh, through another little bit of in, in a monologue of, of Jin Wu where he's like, we're trapped, we're done for, we're dead, we're going to die. And then we get this really tight shot in his eyes as he's sort of thinking these thoughts and then cut to credits and you're like, damn, What's going yeah. on here? Yeah, it was, uh, I could feel it coming because I was like, we've been sitting here for about 22 minutes. This is going to be the end of the episode, isn't it? It's like, ah, damn it. Uh, I was really like, uh, it was the only thing I was like, oh, I really want to know where this ends. And that's why I was I was praying for a two episode release at that point where it's like, how does it end though? How does it get out? Or does he get out? What happens? I need to know. Ah, duh. But I... That was a, yeah, you hit on something there that I loved about Jinwu, where they actually use the fact that he isn't very skilled in terms of his magical abilities or however the abilities work in this world. He isn't very highly ranked. And so that means he's had to survive a lot. So he has these survival instincts. He knows when something's about to attack, he knows when danger's present. So he sees the eyes let up. He goes, Oh, that's bad. Everyone duck. And then, unfortunately, some people didn't hear him. I think two or three people just get like obliterated. <laughs> it's it it's like you see them, you see the flesh rip off the bones, and then the bones disintegrate afterwards. Like there is the only thing that's left is like a scorched, I think, part of a hand that just managed to just like escape the death ray, I guess. But it it truly does just yeah. It, again, it puts that fear uh -huh, of God in them of just they they are out of their depth there is this is kind and i like that because again it, it plays into the complacency thing of yeah you need to be afraid it's like they they don't realize there are there is like insane power out there that's that's come that's come into their world and they have not respected it in a way they've they've not truly realized like oh this is this this is not in our control. We aren't in charge. There is at this point now something much greater at work and it could kill us all. And I ah, it's uh again, I just want more. I want to know where this is going to go. I'm so excited for an episode two. I think I'm gripped for the rest of the season, unless it drops me halfway through. I kind of doubt it, because I think. We've already got the great world building. Now we just need to work on the characters. And as long as it does that, hey, I'm I'm good. This is this is probably looking to be the highlight of the season for me, I think. Just yeah. I'm with you, man. Like it it hooked me. This first episode 
was so well paced. It was so well written. The world building was some of the best I can remember in a first episode of anime for a long, long time. And the tone mm. was exactly what I was looking for. The animation from A1, top tier. The soundtrack from um, Hiroyuki Sawano, phenomenal. Yes. And yeah, I'm hooked. I'm just, yeah, like you upset that, why didn't you like double or triple drop this thing? Give me two or three episodes to chew on right off the rip so I can just feel it in its entirety instead of this first episode, which left me hanging, but in a good way because I'm like, I need more, I want more. I get the hype because people have been thirsting for solo leveling for years. And I get the hype after this first episode. I'm like, I understand why people were so hungry and horny for this. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's something I kind of heard being talked about a few years ago when it like first dropped or was first starting to get really popular in like the West where it was like, oh, solo leveling is this great Korean manhwa or webcomic. You got to read it. And I was, I kind of went, eh, sure, sure. I'll check it out later. I'll check it out later. And never did, never did. Because I just, I was like, oh, I, I don't know. Like I hadn't really heard anything about it that gripped me yet. Um, it was just like, oh, it's it's about this guy who levels up, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> that that doesn't really sell me on what the sh- what the series is actually about, which is yeah, this great world building about the magic system and the ranking, and the and like the again all this social commentary or just interesting ideas about how the world changes when you introduce something like that. It's like this is all incredibly interesting, and I'm I just really want I really want more, and I think. I think if this show is successful, I'm hoping it kind of opens the door for more like interesting like anime, well not anime, um but like kind of shows with a little bit off off the beaten path cuz how do I say this? I guess when when I first heard the name solo leveling, I assumed this was an isekai. Me too. <laughs> and I I was very now you you enjoy isekais, unfortunately I do not. Um <laughs> isekai hater over here not a fan <laughs> maybe like free in my life but the like the animation and some of the things that was shown in the trailer i was like all right i'll at least give it a go and when it wasn't an isekai it's kind of a reverse isekai in a way which i don't know if there's a lot of those where it's just like the the, the video game or the fantasy element is brought to the real world and the real world is what changes it's not oh, a human character goes to a fantasy world and changes the fantasy world. It's, no, 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 the fantasy world is coming here and it's changing how the real world works. And I think that's a lot, that's, I don't know, that's just infinitely more interesting to me because you can actually, you know, as we've talked about in this episode, you can touch on things like celebrity culture, you know, the separate, uh, like class uh, issues and just all these other things that, yeah, if you introduce fantasy elements or in this case like video game fantasy elements it changes the way things work things can't be the same anymore you have to adapt and i think that's just really interesting and god again i've said it probably a billion times this episode but i just want to see more to know where is this going and what are they going to do with it and ah i'm very very excited for the next 11 episodes and I like that you mentioned Reverse Isekai because the only other one that I can think that immediately stands out would be Gate, which does it oh, also yes. very well, where they they weave in that fantasy and drop it into, into a real-world setting as opposed to the inverse. So, yeah, there, there's some similar beats there in that regard. But, yeah, this first episode hooked me. I'm excited to to learn more about Jin Woo and, and more about some of these other characters because it was very surface-level introductions to 
some of these characters some of them we didn't even get names like those two that they they showed a lot yeah. at the at the hunter academy who are they what do they do where do they fit in but who knows we'll probably I hope get they're more important. of that soon yeah i assume <laughs> yeah, they would like, be because like well yeah exactly it's like well i hope they're important because like we that you showed them off a few times i'm assuming they're important otherwise why why were they there uh but yeah it's uh how do you say it's just yeah it's very interesting and i'm i am interested to see i i have probably said it again uh, i'm just i'm so curious because there is a i feel like there is a lot you could do in this world and just seeing how the characters evolve and adapt to it because i think that's such an interesting concept as well of if uh ah, bloody hell blanking sorry but if we uh, if you take a world where people can't level up so to speak uh and get better rankings you suddenly have jin wu the lowest of the low probably climbing the ladder how does that affect social structures because you suddenly have this oh he gets to cheat the system essentially he's he's cheating the system he's he's rising up when that's not how that's supposed to work and there's a lot i think you could say with that and a lot of just also just i think again as you mentioned like cool stuff like the fights like i want to see like jin woo get better and like his combat ability like go up and how he like approaches situations because like he's a bit of a survivalist or he's at the very least tactical about how he fights so like if he gets better at fighting like what happens then does he just become like a god is he just unstoppable because suddenly the guy who knows how to protect himself becomes the guy who can also just decimate his opponents and get stronger each time he does that's like ah that's so just what is going to happen in here it excites me a lot because i i think it's going to play out in two ways for jin woo where yeah he does skirt the system in a way and he manages to level up like some people will adore him and he'll become the next big thing but then others will hate him and despise him for getting better somehow it's like how dare you like you're a cheat you can't be trusted you're a bad dude so there's going to be this real stark contrast i think with society when he does start to level up and progress where some people will embrace it and like get the hard eyes for him and the, the super fans and the other ones will become enemies and just hate him for it so i'm excited to see that play out because they took a lot of time to emphasize the levels and the hierarchy and the status and it is what it is and nothing ever changes when he comes in and he's the squeaky wheel things are going to change in a big way and it's going to disrupt this entire world i think yeah it's it's it'll be interesting if like given the name of the series i kind of doubt it but maybe there are other people who start to like level up or maybe we learned that one of the s ranks was someone who leveled up or something who knows like now that you've like now that the concepts are in place it's just a matter of okay how do we want to play with them how do we want to talk about like yeah is is he the only person who can level up is there someone who has who has already done it but just didn't reveal himself until it was right or something like who knows like i i'm just so interested because there is now like I said, the concepts are in play. Oh, I just want to see what the what happens. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for more, and I'm excited to see the opening as well because yes, we, we get the song <laughs> that they, they use the opening song uh, level by Sawana Hiroyuko in the ending. Mm. So we don't actually see a proper ending or a proper opening. So we're going to get those sexy visual feast book ending this episode too next week as well, which is also going to be great because it'll 
give us some more storytelling and introduce some other characters as they like to in those openings as well and, and leave me with a lot of questions no doubt absolutely yeah that that's and i understand why some anime do this i yeah it's like when they don't do the opening of the ending i'm like all right cool but like i do like those <laughs> i do like being able to comment on an opening and an ending and here i'm just like it was a very good song hiroyuki sawada he does good work yeah it's like but visuals what's happening <laughs> yeah yeah I, I need more of that so yeah a1 please don't leave us hanging for episode two and mm. beyond but um man what are your what is your favorite scene or favorite moment in this first episode of Ooh. solo level is have you got one that stands out above the rest i mean we we talked about it a little bit but i think it is just the it's the it's the cutting back and forth that eventually ends in the be afraid i liked at first when i first watched it i was a little like ah oh, this this is a bit weird like we keep cutting back and forth but on the second viewing i was like okay no hold on there is there is a little bit more interconnectivity at play uh we're seeing how the lessons that the guy uh the group we're watching they haven't taken in what's being said by the hunter association and that's why they stress it. It's like, be afraid. I, and, and really that, again, it set the tone. It paid off like what we've been kind of building to the whole episode at this point, like what the, how the society works and what that, how that changes people and how that affects things. I think honestly, that like, that is the best scene because it really set, so it sold me on the show, I think more than anything. The Like there was the amazing fight scene. There was some, good banter back and forth with some of the characters that helped build the world. But that really told me this is like the world and this is why it's dangerous. And I'm like, good, that's it. That's what I need. That's the hook. Thank you. Yeah, perfectly said. I I think just not a favorite scene or a favorite moment, but I just think the world building as a whole here is really, really expertly done. And it feels living and breathing and realized and, there's dirtiness to it and and like societal levels to it. And I like that they've sort of really addressed that structure right off the rip here. So we can understand where these characters slot in right now and where they may slot in down the line. And and yeah, I'm excited to see what happens with our boy Jin Wu down the line. And, Mm. and I hope Johei has survived beyond this episode and more because I, I wouldn't be sad if they sort of weave in a constant bit of romance and love interest action into this too because uh love is great here's the if she if somehow the death flags are wrong i i'll I'll be like all right good job show you didn't kill the killer for obvious reasons um and honestly i mean if she stays alive i think that's more interesting i think there is something that's that's interesting to be said there of you know she's the one as we've talked about she was helping him healing him all that suddenly he goes from the e rank like oh i need to help him he he keeps getting hurt like why won't he listen to me to the a like i doubt it'll become this high by the end of the season but maybe like a c rank guy like he's already he's already better than her it's like oh hold on our relationship dynamic is completely different now you can handle yourself like do do you still need me or is, is like am i do you need me at all like did you ever need me and it's like i think if she stays around and they do build the romance or the, even the friendship, if they choose not to go romance. But I think there is an interesting angle there of she's been helping him this entire time. What happens when suddenly he's stronger than her or he's more capable than her now that he's no longer limited by his rank? It's like there's, again, 
ideas, so many good ideas that need to be played with and just Ah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm curious to see how high-end slots in. Obviously, the, the S-rank celebrity powerhouse that we don't see her do anything mm. from a combat perspective apart thwart a couple of uh, couple of no-good uh, criminals. But um, <laughs> I hope they maybe avoid connecting her with Jin Woo's potential love interest. Like, do they become yeah. the power couple because they're a couple of S-rankers and they're just bad bitches? Like, I hope not. But the way they've they've sort of paced this first episode... Uh, Nagashige, who's who's directing this series, it feels like he knows what he's doing and uh, what Chugong has done with obviously the source material. I feel that what we're getting in this first episode is going to be consistent. We're not going to go off rails, hopefully, touch wood right now, and we yeah. get this same <laughs> quality storytelling and pacing and same you know narrative sort of unveil over the next other 11 episodes because, yeah, I am keen as a bean, Anthony. I'm keen as a bean keen i'm so uh again i've already said it a billion times but so keen to see where this goes now now especially after talking about it i'm like you know what yeah i am in i am in now i'm i want to know where this goes all right well i don't need to ask you if you're going to continue to watch because i think we've just addressed that several times over but i'm going to (laughs) ask you the last word was presented by our friends over at Japan Crate. Experience Japan through snacks and knickknacks via monthly package drops courtesy of japancrate.com. And while you're there, be sure to use code 8BIT15 at checkout to get yourself 15% off and free shipping anywhere on planet Earth, just sadly not into any dungeon-based gates. But Anthony, what is your last word or series of words on solo leveling? Be afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Mm. I, I um, And be excited. Be hyped because... I mean, yes. Yeah, the, this, this could that, become the, the next big one. thing. It feels like it's going to break out in a big, big way. Yeah, I, I could see that happening. Yeah. Yeah, we're just spoiled. Like going from JJK and Free Run and oh. Attack on Titan <laughs> and Spy Family and Oshinoko and a million other anime from last year, going straight from that into this, I'm like, man, it's a good time to be an anime fan. But Absolutely. Um, Dude, thank you so much for joining me here in the studio for a second time around. Quick, uh, quick uh, bit of time to throw your way to share anything that you've got coming up. Where can people find you? Maybe you can share about the, the latest episode you dropped on your podcast talking about the state of superhero films. Where do you want to uh, take yes. this journey? Uh, yeah, so uh, as Brendan mentioned earlier, and also thank you, Brendan, for having me on the show. I love, I love being on other people's podcasts, talking about stuff. It's always great to have a good chat with someone. But yeah, uh, you can find everything me and my friend Jaden do over at What Do You Think About This Podcast? That's W-D-Y-T-A-T pod on Twitter. We did drop uh, on Christmas. We dropped it on Christmas. It was our Christmas gift to you. <laughs> uh, the latest episode of the podcast, talking about the state of superhero movies, because it's been a bit of a turbulent year for superhero movies. If you've uh, managed to keep up, I know it's been difficult. It's not great. Uh, we kind of talk about that. Hopefully, we'll have another episode out for you maybe by February. I don't think we'll have time to get it in January just because uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the movies of 2023. And unfortunately, some of those movies didn't come out until 2024 in Australia. I'm still waiting on like free movies to come out this week (laughs) that I've already heard banging reviews about in America. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, did you catch that great movie that came out in December? It's like, yeah, it was great. And I'm just here. No, I didn't because it's coming out middle of January for some reason. Just ah, what year is it again? Like we were on the same calendar cycle 
with America for a good long while, but it feels like we've slipped back again. <laughs> and these slippages are a major pain in the ass. Oh, it, it always it's it always happens at the end of the year. It's the same with Dece- December movies always get pushed to Boxing Day, but if they're not big enough movies, they get pushed even further back. And so you end up just oh okay, the best movie of 2023 didn't come out until January 15th, 2024 in Australia. Good to know. What's that what's so, that movie? Mm-hmm. Minor spoilers, but what's that movie? Oh, I I mean, I'm it's not I don't know if it's the best movie, but I've heard amazing things about the holdovers. And that was a Christmas movie. It's not coming out until, again, the middle of January in Australia. So you're not going to get the people like, oh, let's go watch a Christmas movie at Christmas time. It's like, no, it's Christmas time's over. We missed it. You missed the boat. It's so dumb. No one, no, no one, not no one's going to see it, but not as many people are going to see it as they would have if it was relevant. Be better, Australia. Enough of my whinging and bitching. Be better. <laughs> but um, yeah, for listeners all over the globe, Touching wood because I haven't seen just maybe there is some delays on a few regions. You can check out solo leveling on Crunchyroll just about everywhere, no matter where you are. So give that a peek. It is a weekly singular episode drop between now and what? Back end of March, if my maths are correct. I don't know. Something like that. Somewhere around there. But um, yeah, 12 episodes in this first run. Looks good, sounds good, feels good, is good. Yes. Cannot wait for more of it. But um, yeah, yeah. be sure to follow myself on the socials at Brendan8Bit. Be sure to check out all the things we do over at videogamesandculture.com. You want to get some merch, you can do so over at shop8bit.net. But be sure to rate, resubscribe this podcast and all the other podcasts you listen to on the regular because those ratings and reviews, they take no time. They cost you no money, but it's just good karma. So pay that stuff forward where you can. Whether your anime be subbed, dubbed, or still yet to come, enjoy yourself, stay hungry, and much love to all of the gorgeous waifus out there. Goodbye. Bye-bye.